Did you know that they're one-point underdogs at home against a 3-6 and six opponent that has Andy Dalton at quarterback and a ton of guys hurt? They're underdogs. They're underdogs. Good morning to you. Good Friday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer Daily Shots of Penguins and Pirates. And I hope you'll take the time to check out Steelers versus Saints has a 102 p.m. kickoff Sunday at Acrisure Stadium, and it has that line. It really does. Now, for all I know, it's going to change. For all I know, the the betters are still waiting to see, you know, is T.J. Watt really going to play or who knows? Who knows? But they're underdogs. And the reason that they are underdogs without getting into the brains of every better out there, especially since I don't do it myself, is that they can't score points. There's no circumstance, it seems, in which this football team can put up points. And that's one hell of a barrier toward even making progress. Look, I'm not getting super ambitious in my expectations for this football team in the second half of this season. I'm really not. I'm not sitting here even making any kind of record prediction or whatever. It'd be nice, and don't take this as a prediction, if they'd be over 500 in these final nine games. It'd be nicer still if they could top that. But it would be not because of the outcomes, but because along the way, They'd have become better at what it is that they do. They would have made, here it comes again, progress. There's no facet of this team that could use that more than the offense. And there's no individual within that offense who could use it more, obviously, than Kenny Pickett. You need to see your quarterback take strides. You need to see the entire offense take strides. And therefore, What I'm setting, at least for myself here, as a a goal or a thing I'd really, really like to see Sunday, regardless of the outcome, regardless of what the other guys get, how about 21 points? How about that? How about, this is all offense, by the way, three touchdowns. That's it. That's all I'm asking for. I don't think that's much. I think if you'd had to choose between you know, kicking some really long-range field goals or whatever without having Chris Boswell, who went on IR yesterday, you're going to just go for it. And why shouldn't you just go for it? Because you're two and bleeping six. So go ahead, get into the red zone, which for the most part, Pickett and the offense have been at least okay at, and punch them in. Make some stuff happen. Get three touchdowns in a game. Spread the wealth a little bit. Do some of it through the run. Do some of it through the uh, through the wide receivers that you have. Get Pratt Fryermuth involved. But get three touchdowns. Is that unreasonable? Really? What can you expect at Point Park University in downtown Pittsburgh? Respect. Rigor, relevance, that's the Point Park pledge. You'll be treated with respect while being challenged and supported academically to graduate with career-ready, relevant skills. Visit pointpark.edu to learn more. 
Now, don't make me go and mention the circumstances in which these three touchdowns or more would be scored. But I will anyway, because the Saints are missing, guys. The Saints don't scare anybody defensively. Uh, they're a little bit weird in that they've they've ranked 11th in total defense in terms of the yards they give up, which is you know obviously pretty good. But they're 28th when it comes to uh, allowing points as a defense. What that tells you, obviously, is that when teams make it over into New Orleans territory, they pretty much just keep going until they get to the goal line. There's not going to be a whole lot of stopping there. Add into that that the New Orleans defense as a whole has two, count them, one, two interceptions all season long. So you can even take a little bit more of a gamble, start utilizing the middle of the field, start running some ambitious routes, let George Pickens do something other than a straight line sprint down the sideline. Get at least a little bit creative. Matt Canada's got nine games left in his NFL career. He can at least start showing somebody something for the next time he applies for a college job. Get the running backs going. Note the usage of the plural. Get Jalen Warren out there because for whatever reason, he seems to motivate Najee Harris to run in a straight line as well. I don't care what the order is. I don't care who gets offended by it. I don't care who worries about, oh, no, we wasted a first round pick. Put the best people on the field. Right now, that's Warren. More often than Najee and get them running the ball. Straightforward. No goofiness with the blocking schemes either. Go forward. Find a way to get Deontay Johnson the ball, but without diminishing the targets for Pickens. Let's see Pickens in different looks. Not to belabor that point, but a lot of the the routes that are designed for Deontay, in addition to being unimaginative themselves, preclude others going into those same spaces. And they shouldn't. They shouldn't. We should be seeing Pickens come across. We should be seeing Pat Fryermuth carving out his own space in the middle of the field. Go straight ahead. And while you're doing so, finish the drive and score touchdowns. Get three of them. Take a step forward. Listen, I know I'm not exactly... Breaking, you know, Tom Landry, Don Shula, Chuck Knoll material here. But we've reached that stage of the season where, A, the results really don't matter. Again, referring to the final score. And B, this offense is the main thing. Not the only thing, but the main thing that's keeping this football team in a flat line across the board. I can live with whatever happens to the defense. I have all kinds of reasons to feel like this defense can be very good if everyone's healthy. I also have reasons to believe it won't be healthy by Sunday, notably with the absence of Miles Jack. So even with Dalton behind center, you could still see a pretty productive day for Alvin Kamara and other weapons that the Saints have on offense. Actually, again, I don't care. 
I want to see the Steelers move the football, and I want to see the football break the plane three times. Three times, not asking a lot. When we come back, J1Q. time for just one question and that's brought to you always on this program by the personal injury law firm of luxembourg garbage kelly and george lgkg they represent people who are hurt in car accidents who need assistance with workers comp and medical malpractice claims the attorneys at lgkg have been designated super lawyers capital s capital l for the past 15 years and yes that is a real thing the super lawyer designation is reserved for the top five percent of all attorneys in Pennsylvania. Learn more about them at lgkg.com or by calling 888-842-5454. And today's J1Q comes from Kevin who asks, DK, is it time, heresy though it may be, to suggest that this is the end of the Rooney era or at least the unusual GM structure that you've talked about and written about. For instance, isn't it true that with Matt Canada that the buck stops with Art Rooney? Maybe he's the real unqualified staffer who needs to move on. My first reaction, Kevin, the reflexive reaction to your question is that this is the kind of thing that comes up whenever the team isn't going well. We will look for someone to blame. And then when we see that that person isn't going to get fired or they're going to be there regardless, we start looking for others. And you've gone literally to the top. Uh, You're not alone. You're not alone. I don't mean to make you sound like some kind of outlier here in terms of the stuff that gets sent in this direction. Art Rooney is the boss. Everyone's fate is at the mercy of Rooney. And Rooney has, of course, famously gotten rid of offensive coordinators. In fact, he brought in an offensive coordinator in Todd Haley, though he has consistently denied that. And he could, of course, fire Canada at a moment's notice. He could just walk in there at some point today, walk right out onto the field in the middle of practice, off that exercise bike that he utilizes a lot while watching the sessions, and just say, you, out of here. But if he were to do that unilaterally and in this particular context without discussion or consultation of the head coach, you'd be running the risk of a whole lot of other stuff that would be a big, big Jerry Jones type of mess that you wouldn't want or worse, I guess now. The ultimate example is the Jim Irsay type of mess. You can't just go and pull the rug out from under Canada without having Tomlin completely on board. And the reason for that is, number one, you'd want to consult as to what would be plan B. If Tomlin feels like he doesn't have anyone on his staff and say, for example, that he doesn't believe that Mike Sullivan could call plays in the NFL, certainly not in this condition, then you'd be doing a lot of damage and you'd be doing it for very little gain. The team's two and six. 
and you're not just going to wave a magic wand and make Frank Reich appear here and fix everything when he has no knowledge of this particular playbook. And you're not about to be rewriting a playbook for the 53 athletes in the room. You're just not. You're just not. Now, I didn't quite follow how you extrapolated your main premise there into the end of the Rooney era because you didn't exactly flesh that one out. But that's a pretty big, big thought there to broach without backing it up with something. Look, the team's hit a bad spell. The team has made some bad decisions to get into that bad spell. However, and I'm not one to defend them on the bad spell. I will say that it was a little bit overdue, and it was very much expected by a lot of people just because of, singularly because of, the change at quarterback. When you add into it the failure to add to the offensive line through the draft for years on end, when you add into it getting a running back who isn't getting you more than two and a half yards per carry in the first round. When you add into it, no one really ever wants to hear this, key injuries. You lose TJ Watt for half a season, you are going to feel it, okay? I'm not saying the Steelers would have been, I don't know, six and two or something crazy like that. They wouldn't have been, not with this offense. But could they have been around 500 or whatever with TJ? Sure. Would we have all been lighting things on fire over 500? Maybe a little bit, but not for very long, because we'd still be able to look at the AFC North standings and say, hey, still a chance here. So always try to step back and see everything instead of just going up the ladder to the next guy that you can point a finger at here. There's no end of a Rooney era here, obviously. I'm only bringing it up because you did. There's not going to be something mid-season, and this is probably the best way to answer your question. There's not going to be something mid-season that Rooney does unilaterally. You know why? He never has. Art becomes active the instant the season ends. You've seen that pattern now for years. January comes, the loss happens, whenever that happens to be, playoffs, whatever. And then about three or four days go by, and all of a sudden, there's some machinations. And before that, the next guy to speak within the organization will be Art. And then a couple of weeks later, you'll start seeing movement here, movement there. That's the way this is going to play out. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Steelers, and we'll do another one of these Monday to discuss three offensive touchdowns. 